CEO of Catech Group. Rainer, thanks for joining us and thanks very much for your contribution to the latest What's the Scoop. It's been a big piece with some very diverse input. Um, obviously, supply chain's been big for everybody and yeah. everything that's been going on in 2021, we've talked about and we know. But there are a couple of really interesting things in your feedback that I wanted to touch on. One of them was this kind of awareness of the um, the the CO2 situation and global warming and sustainability and all those issues as they as they relate to what we do. And the statistic that you that you gave me that even with the world stood still through COVID, we were only able to reduce our CO2 output by five percent, which is ridiculous. Um, where do you, where do you see the solution? Where do you see technology's role, and where do you see your role as a manufacturing company? Yeah, Phil. I mean, you you're, you're touching a very interesting point here, and this is uh, this is th those are some numbers which really made me I mean think think about what mm. needs to be done. And um, you know, we have something like uh, 51 uh, billion tons of CO2 um, equivalents every year. And everybody was expecting that now during the uh, COVID pandemic, when it has uh, when it was at the at the peak, that mm. I mean this would be a tremendous reduction of CO2 emissions. And uh, you know, at the end, it was five percent. I mean, at, at the peak of the of the crisis. So five percent means that um, the world has to stand still in order to get to five percent. But we all knew we have to bring those uh, 51 uh, billion of tons down to zero if yeah. we want to survive on this planet. Uh, so it's very clear that just doing less of what we are doing today, uh, consumption as well as uh, production and energy uh, producing, I mean, that's not the that's not the real solution. Maybe it gives all of us, uh, you know, a good feeling to mm. do something less, but honestly speaking, it's not the solution. And I think uh, also the, the leaders, uh, the politicians as well as the economic leaders needs to tell to the people um, that there needs to be, um, you know, something different. And I mean, what is different? It needs to be uh, innovation. It needs to be uh, technology that will bring the solution. If not, uh, we will fail. So everybody needs to think about how we can bring this forward and I mean, yeah. test out I mean, different kind of ways on how to reduce CO2, for instance, um, how to produce um, energy with much less uh, CO2, but also how to do storage of energy. Um, I mean, those are the things we all need to think about and be very, very, very creative. So it's not everything is about uh, making more money, but also innovation to um, you know, uh, save the save save the planet, and yeah. that's my that's my that's my deep conviction, indeed, Phil. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting when I look at sustainability generally as an issue and CO two in particular, with respect to manufacturing. I think it kind of falls into different areas. It's it's the technology and products that you can get involved in manu manufacturing, whether that's you know whether that's solar power, whether that's wind power, whether that's it's you know, battery technology, and, you know, it'll segue into what we're going to talk about next, which is EVs. Um, there's an element of that, but there's also an element of how you make it. So there's a role you have as a, you know, as a, as a manufacturing organization to look, look inside and say, hey, what can we do to in, improve the way we make stuff? You know, can we use more solar energy in our facilities? Can we change our change our energy mix can we make sure we make products more sustainable sustainably there's a lot of ways to think about it i think 
Yeah, and I think I think basically I think basically uh, what we can do here as a electronics company, I mean, it's a kind of a three-folded approach. Okay, um, the the first one, of course, is um, you know wh whenever we do something, um, we need to make sure that it is as energy and CO2 efficient as possible. And we are just undergoing, um, you know, screening, um, uh, you know, kind of a screening where we really check all of our locations um, where we stand and what else we can do. And then to come up with a very, very clear um, schedule and how, you know, and to do and when what. So that's yeah. that's um, you know that that that's the first part, and I think that's something that I mean every company uh, needs to do. Then the second then the second thing is that I mean we are producing, we are manufacturing, we are uh, developing a lot of electronic uh, system solutions devices. So I would say the main uh, CO2 consumption is not um, you know the development and the production of those kind of electronics is when the electronics then will be used at the end customer. So we have to think about on how we can make whatever we produce more energy uh, efficient. So for instance, if you look into the, just one example, into the arena of, of semiconductors, we need to think about um, how and, and when we um, should uh, use, let me say, um, silicon carbide, uh, semiconductors instead of the traditional ones as they can save i mean a lot of uh, a lot of energy so that's mm. what we need to think about how can we design and manufacture products that then will save energy when they will be in operation for 10 15 20 years because that's the that's the even the bigger footprint and then the the the, the third part of the solution where we can take part is that um you know we develop and manufacture some of the products which can contribute to the innovation which we discussed before in order to reduce the uh, the, the footprint and of course um, we are deep believers that um, uh, the solar energy energy and especially sonar solar uh, storage systems will be a big big part of the solution because it doesn't it, it, it doesn't uh, it, it's not just enough to have solar panels on every roof you also have to make sure that then during night or during winter or whatever you also have uh, you know energy available and this comes along with uh, with storage systems and um, as we yeah. don't will have uh, we won't have um, big big uh, centralized uh, storages because then you have uh, you know upfront the energy transmission again and you have some some efficiency losses etc so this need to be kind of decentralized solutions and i think that's absolutely doable already with the technology um you know which is which is existing and which we also contribute to further uh, improving so home um, and, and, and stationary residential solar storage systems, that's something where we can uh, contribute um, because the, the efficiency driver number one there is, you know, um, all the kind of inverting technology, uh, software and hardware, it's the power electronics. And that's exactly um, where we have a really, a, real, a real stronghold. And the second one is that, I mean, as everybody uh, in the industry, and I mean the automotive OEMs, is starting to produce because they are forced uh, more and more uh, electric vehicles, I mean it needs to, to be made sure that we also then have the necessary infrastructure uh, for this, because if not there will be no acceptance uh, for this uh, technology. And as we know uh, from, from market studies, 
80% of the installed base of those uh, chargers will be residential chargers. Mm. Um, so um, the people, um, uh, the, the customers of electric cars, they need to have access to uh, 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 car chargers, um, uh, which are um, intelligent, meaning that they have a high degree of connectivity. They can connect to the smart home. Uh, you can uh, you can upload um, new features overnight through over-the-air um, update uh, functionality, etc. And to to bring something like this to the market at a nice price point, in order to make this really happen, I mean that's the second big kind of um, you know bet uh, uh, we are doing here as we think that this could be a real contribution of bringing the um, you know electric um, um, uh, kind of uh, cars uh, really to a big success if not this definitely will fail yeah and you see EVs as a huge huge potential growth market and one of the things that I've noticed in the EV market particularly in Europe is the as the car makers move from internal combustion to EV, they're rethinking parts of their supply chain and they're really valuing companies like Catec in that new supply chain because you are technology, you are electronics first. Yes, that's 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 totally true. And I mean, that's that's an interesting observation, because I mean, in the past, it was always like this. An automotive OEM had, you know, certain kind of, you know, ideas. And then they were uh, addressing uh, some of the classic uh, tier one automotive suppliers. And then those automotive suppliers, they delivered complete kind of uh, component solutions. And for the electronics part, uh, those companies were working together with companies like Katek. So now with the EVs uh, coming up, um, the automotive OEMs, um, uh, they, uh, they all of a sudden, uh, they see that the electronics part is becoming more and more important. And if, if they give this completely out of their hands to a kind of a supplier, I mean, then in future, um, you know, their uh, added value will be extremely limited, extremely poor. So what they are doing, they are rethinking everything and they are saying, we want to really understand and develop the, the heart of it, all the electronics around the electric vehicle, vehicle uh, basics. And um, in order to do this, they also, uh, they, they, they also see that they don't really have everything in-house. So, so what they are trying is to enter into kind of a co-development with companies like Catec in order to develop the the electronics for the future EVs at the same time um, you know having the know-how also in-house so that they really can um, you know that they really can um, um, have the IP and that yeah. they are really let me say driving uh, the innovation and not just uh, let the suppliers drive the innovation yeah. and for a company like Catec um, as a as a real European leader number three right now I mean that's a big 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 opportunity and and also and um, if you come back to the other discussion really to help to drive this ev yeah. journey uh, pretty much with all the electronics know-how which we have yeah 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 no i think it it absolutely makes sense and i think um you know the relationships that you have with customers are different to the relationships people were having with customers five even just five years ago probably even just three years ago pre-covid um the the next thing I wanted to pick up on on your comments, and it was no surprise to me, was the 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 sentence that starts with "I expect more consolidation." And my response to that was, "Yep, so do I." Uh, we're seeing that everywhere. 
what kind of complexion do you see that? How do you see that consolidation continuing? I mean, it's yeah. quite it's quite fevered a little bit at the moment. It's quite busy and people are, I think there's an awareness and a desire for scale. There's an awareness and desire to figure out how to deal with this China plus one, this regionalization thing. What are you seeing driving consolidation and how do you see it continuing into 2022? Yeah. I mean, a few observations here. I mean, the first observation is, I mean, how fragmented the market is. You can easily see if you think that uh, Katek, um, you know, it's a huge, huge, huge market. I mean, everybody needs uh, electronics, the development, the manufacturing, everybody needs electronics. So the market is huge. But still, in Europe, uh, you know, a relatively small company like Katek, I mean, now, you know, a little bit more than, than half a billion euro in turnover is together with Enix, uh, the number three in Europe. Mm. I mean, how fragmented must the market be in order yeah. that someone who is just doing, you know, half, half a billion is a number three in a huge market. Yeah. So this says something about the fragmentation of the market, not about the size of Katek. So first of all, second one, what we see is acceleration of this uh, concentration in the market, of this uh, consolidation of the market. Um, and why? First of all, I mean, also in Europe, private equity has entered into this market. I mean, three years ago, private equity was not interested in electronics. I mean, it was a uh, it was manufacturing, it was uh, what they call asset heavy, uh, blah, 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 all these kind of things. They were more investing into kind of platform businesses, uh, etc. Um, this has totally changed. And if you look into some of the um, acquisitions that has been, you know, taken place over the, the next, last couple of years, you know, that's been largely driven um, also by private equity now entering also in the European market. They are already active um, in the US for quite yeah. a few years, but now they are also entering into the uh, European market. So next observation is that, um, that the, the factor of, let me say, uh, local for local and that I mean everybody wants to have partners in every part of the of the planet in order to do co-development and and manufacturing this is also further driving uh, yeah. the, the the consolidation and the MA for I mean let, let's just take um, Asian companies I mean all of a sudden uh, they 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 realize that they need something in Europe in order to satisfy uh, their European customers also in the future. So they are also looking um, and they are kind of in a hurry. They are also looking for interesting, um, you know, acquisitions in Europe. And the same is, of, of course, you know, happening the other way around. We are looking for something in Asia because also our European customers, they want us to provide them local for local from an Asian factory, an Asian development uh, department uh, for their uh, factory in Asia. I mean, so that's something which is also uh, massively driving this. And then there's a then there's a last factor which we are seeing more and more. That's education. So most of the electronics, the EMS companies in Europe, they are more and more realizing because there's a lot of education also from uh, guys like you and Dieter Weiss from Informa and Eric Miskel. They are more and more realizing that if they are, let me say, um, smaller than 100 million euro, 
then maybe this looks like big in this uh, fragmented market, but in reality, it's very, very small. They yeah. don't have purchasing power. They don't have the uh, necessary uh, degree of innovation that the customers uh, wants them to have, etc. They cannot cover the full value chain, including development. So the management there and the shareholders, they are also thinking about, hey, we need to team up with someone, which is also driving M&A. And then the last, and then the last factor, which is going to accelerate this, um, is of course, uh, honestly speaking, cash. Uh, yeah. Because uh, uh, in the light of this crisis, uh, and we've discussed this before, I mean, many of the companies they see that even if they have uh, cash on their bank accounts, that all the cash right now is going into their stock inventory, into their inventory. So if they, they want to see their cash, they don't go to the bank, they go to the inventory, to the stock, oh, yes, yeah. they can see their cash. And it's all sitting there. And it's still not decreasing because the crisis is still here. So, mm. I mean, this is something where, um, you know, some of the managing directors and the owners, uh, they, they are not sleeping very well those days. Um, and they think, of course, that it could be a solution to uh, bring their company, you know, into a partnership with maybe a bigger, more stable kind of player, um, yeah. you know, which can afford, uh, um, you know, to to finance this kind of stock increase, which uh, is still not changing. So th those are, I would say, the main drivers of mm. the acceleration of the consolidation field. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're drivers that aren't going away and that's not going to change. And I think it's going to continue well into next year. I just wanted to wrap up by using a phrase that you used, and that's that you're building a European powerhouse in high value electronics. Just give me a couple of sentences that explains what that means, because you and I have discussed that EMS just doesn't cut it in terms of a term. So yeah. a European powerhouse in, in high value yeah. electronics. There are two important. Uh, there are two important parts in it. I mean, the first one is of course high value electronics, um, mm. and that's just to make a to make a differentiation, a distinction between, let me say, um, mass electronics and yeah. electronics and industries where electronics is really complex, a combination of software and hardware, and makes really a difference. Okay, so it's not. Let let me say. Let me just give you. A, you know. Good example. I mean, the electronics in an electronic, uh, um, you know, kind of toothbrush, uh, that doesn't make sense. I mean, that's mass electronics. That's a typical triple C markets where the big American and Asian players can play a role. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's not our competition. We are not interested in those kind of simple electronics, mass electronics. So that's the, and 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 the, the segment we are touching is high value electronics, meaning really those electronics they are defining the value of a product um it's it's really it's really the the major part in a product and then the the, the second one is um european powerhouse and that's again reflecting that the european industries like uh, machinery healthcare renewables whatever i mean they need strong electronics partners which help them to be successful in their market and lead them, um, you know, in order to what to do in terms of electronics to be competitive also in the future. And, um, you know, as the market is so fragmented, um, you know, those kind of customers, um, they are looking for stable um, partners with a decent size, which yeah. are also still part of the market in 
15 or 20 years so they can build a really long-lasting stable relationship on it and you know we are one of the companies and i hope many more uh, will be joining us we are one of the companies that will you know kind of play this role in the european market yeah yeah and i absolutely believe that you will i think it i, I think it's a very um it's a very practical change that's going on in the industry it's being forced by a lot of things you talked about consolidation on the uh, on the supply side, but when I look at it from the OEM point of view, they have to realise what's gone on this year and the and the effort that's been made by their suppliers to get them through this difficult period. And those that have been collaborative and are prepared to get deeper into that collaboration are the OEMs that are going to do well and are going to be served well. Those that have just said, hey guys, it's your problem. You know, you, you mentioned CEOs having sleepless nights. I think there's plenty of supply chain managers on the OEM side that aren't getting, exactly, aren't getting exactly. too much sleep either. Um, I'd wrap up by saying I agree with your last comment. I think next year could easily be the best year um, ever for the industry, particularly the European industry. Opportunities abound and um, I'm pretty confident it will be a wonderful year for Catech and uh, and I hope you'll continue to keep us and our audience informed about it. If we don't speak before, have a wonderful holiday season and um, all the best for 2022. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Phil. We see 22 latest. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.